Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today are two special guests. It's the owners of Chess Hunt Boxing Club out of the UK. What is going on, gentlemen? How are you guys doing today? Yeah, we're doing great, mate. We're doing great. Yeah, we appreciate you being here. Yeah. Excited to have you on. And, uh, you know, we'll just dive right into the questions here. And the first question I always like to ask guys is, you know, how many members are you serving currently? Oh, we've got to be two, 200, just over 200. Okay. They don't yeah. all come at the same time, obviously, but we're open yeah. four days a week. Gotcha. And so for yeah. you guys, I mean, what's been the best method of getting new people interested in through your doors? Yeah. yeah, we just uh, boxing is quite big in 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 this area. Yeah, and uh, it just what the world goes round. We've we've had uh, we've had world champion in the club. We had wow. a junior Olympic gold medalist. He actually beat the American in the final to get the gold medal. Wow. Um, going back a few years, but that's put the reputation in the club. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, so uh, do you guys cater more to the guys who want to get into competition, who want to get into fighting? I mean, what, what do you guys, or do you guys feel like you guys work with more average Joes? I mean, what's the priority? Like, what's the demographic you guys work with? No, we do both. We do both. Tonight, we've got some older blokes in who are just training to keep fit. I just want to come and do the boxing training. Yeah. Some like competition, so so we cater for both. That's awesome. It's good fitness. Good fitness boxing. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm very aware. Yeah, and so. For you guys, I mean, I know you guys said you're on that 200 mark here. I mean, how many more members could yeah. you guys handle? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very qualified coaches, yeah. So that don't come together. We'd probably only get about about 40 a night, 30, 40 a night. Gotcha. Um, okay. They'll come different times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I, mean, I know how it ranges. And um, now, I mean, what's the goal for the next, like, let's say, five, ten years? I mean, what are you guys really trying to accomplish with Chess Hunt? Still making champions. There we go. We, 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 we're doing it for the boxing side to, to make, make kids into champions. Yeah. Um, and the fitness side, it helps to pay the, the bills. The people come down and just train for fitness, their, their money, their subscriptions, what they pay, helps to finance the, the kids that box. You know, because some of the kids are only sort of like, we start at 10, 10 years old. So, you know, a lot of them ain't got a lot of money. So that helps support them sort of kids, you know? Yeah. We don't do it for the money. We do it for the kids. 
Yeah, completely, completely. And, and, and one last question for you guys, right? I mean, I know you guys have been in business for a while. You guys are successful here. And so, you know, if you can go back in time here to when you first started the gym, sit yourself down and give yourself that one piece of advice you think first started the gym, what would that advice be for you? It's true, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, what you're saying is you know, there's no loyalty in boxing. When you might bring a boy through, make him into a champion, and then he could leave for another club. It's, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of that goes on. Well, there we go, gentlemen. Look, it's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, I mean, guys, if you have any social media, Facebook, website, anything at all, please let the viewers know where can they find out more about you and the gym. There we go. There we go. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And I look forward to seeing what you guys can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind sticking around for two more seconds, I just want to let you know how you guys can get the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. I'm just going to go ahead and sign everybody else out over here. Thank you. Awesome. Yep. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in, join us, talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Jim Lords podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, we have Ollie Stewart of Fat Al's Gym coming to you from Shepparton in Surrey. Ollie, what's going on, man? How are we today? I'm great, thanks. How are you doing? I'm doing tremendously. I'm excited to, to have this conversation. I think most of our listeners are are based in the States, but I think that there's a lot of value in exploring how businesses run in the UK and, and what that looks like and what we can learn from each other throughout that process. So I'm tremendously excited for this. For a little bit of context and, and people who aren't familiar with you or your gym, why don't you tell us kind of a, a 60 seconds or less pitch how you describe Fat Al's gym and, and what goes on here? 
Okay, uh, so Funhouse Gym is, um, apart from a very silly name that I'll come to another time, um, it is a traditional, straightforward, no-nonsense gym. Uh, I've been in and out of gyms my entire life. Uh, I'm getting old a bit now. And I've always just wanted a place where guys and girls can just turn up, train hard, have good trainers there that know what they're talking about, and have a real cool club feel where people know each other and like being there it's not a slog about just having to go there so it's a traditional weight training gym it isn't for bodybuilders it isn't for weightlifters it's for anyone that wants to just kind of get on and do things but i would say it's definitely got a bodybuilding bias vibe okay and so are we are we turning people away certainly not but we've got to focus on the competitive bodybuilding side, totally fair. Take yeah. us to uh, the the moment, not necessarily the moment that you guys opened up the doors and, and started as this business. Take us to the moment that the idea popped into your head, I'm gonna open up my own facility. What was going on for you and, and what inspired all of this? Okay, so um, I mean, I've been into, I mean, I've been lifting weights for forever. Um, you know, I grew up with Arnold Schwarzenegger films and Rambo and Van Damme and all that kind of stuff. So kind of having that whole muscular look was definitely part of my thing from a really, really early age. Got into weight training and I've had all sorts of careers over time. But I suppose in my um, in my 20s, uh, I decided I wanted to get qualified as a as a PT because I was kind of doing it anyway, alongside my bodybuilding stuff and being competitive. And uh, I think I've always had a bit of a coaching, teaching kind of thing in me anyway. I've always taken to that role and I've had, I've, you know, had jobs within that kind of environment anyway. Um, so I kind of took a sidestep from a life that I was kind of a bit more normal. I was in recruitment at the time. So kind of very office based, normal stuff um, and wanted to be a PT. So I went off and did that. And I think just basic ambition you get to a point where you go hey okay i'm pretty good at this how can i make more money what am i going to do as a pt there's only so many hours that you can work in your week and if you've been a pt yourself you'll know it's quite a tiring job you are up early you are finishing late people only want you kind of before and after works or weekends and uh and and you're putting on a show the whole time you're always performing to people and that does restrict what you can do. So unless I wanted to maybe go into London, you can obviously charge loads more money in, in, the, in the center of town. I could probably double my rates, but that's very cutthroat. It's hard work and it's a lot of travel. Um, so it's kind of, you know, the, the logical next step is I need to get a facility. Um, ultimately, if I'm in my facility, I'm not charging myself to be there. So I'm saving money in that respects. And if I can get a member's base, I can generate an income. And then obviously there are a few other avenues of income with any kind of business like that you can start charging for. So sure. that just made sense. And it, it's for me, it was a, an as and when, not could I, should I. It was when the opportunity was right, I'm just going to go and do it. And, and pretty much did. That was it. Yeah. And so we opened up the doors and, and now almost a decade later we're still here you must have been doing something right here so uh yeah i think uh, i think i want to highlight one of the things that you said along the way there and that's as a personal trainer 
there's only so far we can go, right? There's a natural ceiling at which we either have to be content. This is the amount of money I'm going to make. This is what my career is going to look like, or we can pull that into our own control a little bit, open up your own facility. And that opens plenty of doors and pathways mm -hmm. of which we can go as a professional, but it also challenges us as owners now, not just trainers, right? The skill set to be a business mm -hmm. owner, there's many, many things to think about beyond just what clients do I have and how am I training them now? Yes. There are there are bills to be paid, there is rent due, yep. and there are far more factors. But here we are, like we said, 10 years later. In your tenure here, what's been What's been your favorite part about owning this business and what's been the most challenging part about owning this business? Okay. Um, so yeah, interesting. You were saying about um, that step from being a PT into running a business. Um, and for me, it wasn't, it wasn't entirely uh, brand new information um, because actually the recruitment side of, of business is that you're, you're, whilst working in a company you're quite standalone so you 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 have your clients and you have your your customers and that kind of thing and you effectively run a little business within a business and you are fully responsible for your time management your money so there was a lot of things i learned from that actually that did help me moving forward so i felt quite confident in those steps but i fully can picture the struggle that many would feel of all of a sudden overwhelmed of oh my god this is not just waking up at six, grab a coffee and go and train Dave down the gym and, you know, do a few sets. It is everything yeah. that goes on. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I do feel like I was ever so slightly more prepared for that side of thing. Oh, geez, what was the first question? Because I just went totally off on a tangent. What's, what's, been, uh, what's been the oh, best the highs part and lows, of being a business yeah, owner? No, that's cool. Um, the highs and lows. I am a massive control freak. And for me, being a master and commander of my own world um, was probably the biggest thing when I'm not, whilst you are answering to your landlord or, or paying the bills and you do answer to members and everyone, you, you, you know, you're still a slave sort of kind of thing to all the things that you need to get. No one is riding my back. I can, you know, if I want to work, I will work. If I don't want to work, I'm not going to, you know. Um, so for me, massively rewarding. and. I suppose a bit like maybe owning a, a sports car. Okay, so if you got to the lofty heights of being able to afford a Ferrari or something really cool like that, sometimes that itself it isn't even the driving it uh, or the or the actually living with it or the paying for it. It is just that feeling. But hey, yeah, cool. I own a Ferrari. You know, I'm, I'm I've you know I've managed to get somewhere. So for me, owning my own business that people want to come to every day and they say, oh, I love your gym. I love it. It's such a cool vibe. This is my, this is my church. This is, this is the thing that makes me happy every day. I love that stuff. And people say, what do you do? I say, I own a gym. And they go, oh, that's really cool. And I say, yeah, it is really cool. Because I go into a place and not only do I do the thing that I love the most, it's just kind of, yeah, but this is all mine. You know, I, I did this. Yeah. The low points, there is... It's almost, it's like the same point because you are still a slave to everything. You know, I feel <laughs> it every time a member leaves, I feel that member leaving. 
Okay, yeah. you know, it hurts a little bit. Why are you leaving my gym? What's wrong with you? You know, this is a great place. You should be lifting and eating and looking amazing, not being, you know, just, just leaving because your job made you or something pathetic like that, you know. So every time it hurts me a little bit. Um, and I have a million hats. Sometimes Ooh. I'm the guy that is fixing the treadmill. Sometimes I'm the guy. Yesterday, I had the, the, uh, the fantastic job of having to repair a leaking toilet. Uh, because because it uh, was and you know i was thinking i could pay a guy to come in it means i've then got to close that loo and then it's out of order for a bit and i'm gonna have to pay the money or can i just stick some gloves on get some tools start taking things apart work out what it is fix it myself that can be a grind and i think actually one of the biggest biggest things for me is that and you'll it'll understand more when you find out the way i run things but i hate leaving it I'm not good at going on holiday and not thinking about is the gym going to be a shithole when I get back? Uh, yeah. is, it, you know, is it what's going to be broken? Uh, who's done what? You know, so whilst there are people that I can trust to do you know, look after it and I have cleaners and things, no one looks after your own business like you do. So anything longer than a week, I start to struggle. I get a bit antsy and I want to just be back there and just check that everything's kind of going okay because yeah. it's like children you know you turn my back for a second and yeah everything yeah. i tidy everything away every morning at 5 30 i get in apart from weekends i don't do it weekends but every day in the week i get in i'm that early and i put everything away so it starts on the reset button and if i don't do that then the whole day is going to go wrong because i need it to start clean and tidy and ordered where the weight should be and and that's it and that is my life so yeah there are huge highs and i love it and other days i just oh mate i can't be dealing with this it's just you know yeah. oh, of course that's broken you're, of course this you're tugging happened. at the heartstrings of everybody that listens to this <laughs> podcast man you are you are not the first you won't be the last these are are common frustrations and i think opening up a business and entrepreneurship attracts people like you because of the control element and it's unfortunate and it, and it sounds like you've experienced this as well that like sometimes when it comes to growing a business like this that can be a bottleneck in and of itself because i want to be overseeing everything and i think the the reality is when people talk about opening up their own gyms we glorify it a little bit, but nobody says I'm going to be the guy cleaning the toilets. Nobody says I'm going to be the guy 530 every morning putting weights away. We just think about the, the back of the napkin math. If I get 500 members at 50 bucks a piece, I'm going to be rich. Yeah, there's a lot more that goes into it than that. There is a <laughs> yeah, lot, sure. a lot more that goes you into it. You don't see that. many of those fifty boxes either. <laughs> no, it's uh, landlord takes it's most a, of those away. It's an interesting industry that that we subject ourselves to. But anyway, Ali, uh, in your experience, at least the, the multiple revenue streams that you have, why don't you tell us kind of just a, a quick list of of where money comes into the business from? Okay, so um, the absolute bare bones crux of it is uh, is membership. I have uh, just normal standard paid memberships. Um, I'm relatively competitive with local gyms. Uh, I'm not um, the cheapest, but I'm not the most expensive either. Uh, I believe in value and worth. Um, so I do know how I price myself, but that is the vast majority that kind of comes in 
and then kind of pays for everything that needs to be paid for. Um, I then have personal trainers that are either um, effectively full time and they have a monthly um, just rate and that covers all their PT as many hours as they like, which is very, very cool. I like this because um, obviously they then bring in people in and then some of those people join as well, which is I always try to encourage. And I have a handful of PTs that are also kind of pay as you go. They might only do two, three hours a week. And, um, and that's something that I will always continue to do because for me as a starting PT, or some people do personal training just as like an extra thing they do on the side of their job. And um, most gyms want you to either be giving them loads of hours and then you can train there or hundreds and hundreds of pounds every, every month to, to kind of uh, to train out of them. And, and it just doesn't work. Um, and some people you go like they've got a full-time job, but they just do a bit of training here and there. So I like to help people like that. So I still allow um, just an hour by hour at the end of the month, you just square me up what you owe me, uh, nice and simple. Um, I do sell some supplements and bits and pieces. Um, the way that I run the gym is reasonably unique, so I'm limited to what I can sell um, because basically it's not staffed or isn't staffed much. Ah, I see. Right. So I have a, I have a vending machine with bits and pieces, and I always advertise that I. Have, I've always got proteins and, and pre-workouts and things, but often you have to grab me for them, um, which isn't, you know, it's not great business because I'm not always there. Um, and um, I do have merch, although, I, you know, it's, I, I, I piggyback off a printing company. So basically you can kind of jump onto the website, you can buy like Fat Hours Gym stuff, but I don't touch any of it. I'm literally like a middleman who just kind of takes drop a bit ships to the, yeah. yeah, buying clothing, I did investigate that, and it's an absolute, it's a minefield uh, and a total disaster for wasting money if, if you really want to go down that route, or you need a really good, good brand, you know, like Gymshark Strong, yeah. Lululemon Strong. Um, so whilst I can sell things, um, it's not a massive amount from that. Some people just love the hoodies yeah. and things. And then, um, and, merch and, and supplements typically go hand in hand, and the inventory yeah. management side of it isn't quite worth what it what no, it pays it, or the time it is. There's there's not a massive amount that comes out of it. I mean, you know, there's a bit. It's worth doing it, but I don't I don't push it too hard. I know if I ran things differently, I could push those things further, but they have their knock on implications of cost of staffing. Um, I obviously personally train myself. So to be honest, the, the vast majority of my own earnings come from my one-on-one -on -one time. Um, I see. That is really the, the, probably the, the crux of what I do. Um, and then I also teach the personal training qualification. So in, the, in my time now, I use my facility to have students in. I have a very cool system that is all kind of linked through to official um, um, like assessors and stuff. Um, uh, uh, training providers, I should say, and you can get your qualifications and you come and do all the practical training and assessments with me. So I, I, I do that as well, which I actually really enjoy that, to be fair. That's really cool. Oh, and I do bodybuilding yeah. coaching. Keep having too many yeah, hats. It's, it's, <laughs> too a many hats. hats. it's a it's lot of hats. It's a lot of hats. And... I mean, ultimately, they're all, they're all interlinked. Um, 
I oh, mean, sure. We, it's all related. It's, it's, it's the same, isn't it? I mean, it's the same basic knowledge underpinning. It's just they're, they're all just different verticals of things that I would charge people for. Um, oh, yeah, and obviously nutrition on top of that as well. I'm a, I'm a sports nutritionist. Yeah. Um, so and all of this is possible because we took the leap from I'm a personal trainer to now I own a gym. And, and to summarize here, we've got the membership component of this. Yeah. We've got personal trainers paying rent in some capacity. Yeah. Your own personal training clients. We've got some supplements. We've got some merch. And we've got revenue from educating prospective yeah. personal trainers into the future mm. because and, and for like some detail here you mentioned along the way this isn't staffed mm. a lot of it is is automated yeah and so for me the 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 questions that i have somewhat root into the the customer and the client acquisition process yeah. for you at least thus far Take me to kind of the, the marketing piece of this. How are people finding out about Fat Al's Gym and what brings them to you in the first place? Okay, so I must admit, this is the bit I am worst at. For me, this is like I'm 13 years old and I've got maths homework and I do not want to do it. I cannot stand marketing. I'm not any good at it. Um, the things that I have done I can be hit and miss. Uh, and I know it's something that I need to get with a bit more. But whilst, and the frustrating thing is, whilst I know I want more members to be coming through um, and more marketing would get that, I get a reasonable flow of members anyway. So there's almost this, this kind of little laziness bit has kicked in because I hate it so much. Yeah, um, we haven't, we haven't I, I, I needed to do it. And so we've avoided it. to do very much. So whilst I... I, I'm in a, a small village where people know um, because of my bodybuilding accolades. I mean, I'm a professional natural bodybuilder. I also judge bodybuilding shows as well. I see. So in, in that world, uh, I'm reasonably well known. I've got a reasonably strong thing like Insta and, and Facebook. I mean, it's not crazy, but it's relatively strong. So a little bit here and there. So where I've created a website, I've created a get me on Google Maps so that I do come up. If you know, if you've got gym near me, I appear. Um, I, I, it does have its own Insta and, and Facebook site, and I do post things on there sporadically. It and seem to get a reasonable turnover of people coming in. Would, um, would you say actually, it's more sort of word of mouth and, and reputation based than anything else? Yeah, I think so. A lot of times it's. Yeah, I think a lot of times someone may be in the area, they may just look, they, they've obviously just Googled gyms near me and I will pop up. Then an inquiry will happen. And then, so that's kind of one bit. And then you'll go, oh, my mate wants to come down. Because when people do train and they like it and they realize it's a friendly, cool place, a lot of people want to um, validate themselves, don't they? And, and have people come and do the same thing as them. That's pretty standard human behavior. So yeah, there's a yeah. lot of word of mouth stuff um okay and then uh, and so it's it's not necessarily one this is where people come from they come from a variety of sources if i'm yeah. understanding properly yeah but I, what i Getting, don't do is, is particularly loads what i probably should be doing is working a little bit more on things like stronger facebook marketing 
uh, and, and actually chucking a bit of money at having that done a bit better. I probably should do that. And it's, it's something I sort of tried to do not very long ago. And because there are so many companies out there, I kind of got messed about by one company. And I just thought, oh, you know, whatever, can't be bothered. You know, you're all rubbish. How, how do I pick yeah. who's to do this sort of stuff? So that was it. <laughs> And, and You'd I be surprised how often I hear that. That's yeah. uh, that's not uncommon, whether it's in the UK or the States. There's no shortage of of opportunities to waste money and then feel yeah. a little bit jaded by it in, in whatever it. capacity that is. I'd, I'd love to actually have a conversation with a you know a boutique gym, a smaller gym, and just say that we this company we gave them. $200 a month to manage our, our, our profiles, stuff like that, whatever it is, or, or pushing things out. And actually our, our increase of membership flow came up like 20% or something. We've got, and I'll be like, cool, I pay that all day long. If someone could say, look, these, these guys are brilliant. They just sorted that for me, loved it. But I, I don't yeah. know anyone and that's it. And, and yeah. everyone I have spoken to myself, I just feel like they're either charging way too much they're, you know, they're not, they're not the right fit or, or they sort of want to be paid for doing nothing. It's a tough, tough industry that we're mm. in. Uh, take me to the next step here. Cause I'm interested in, in the actual tactics of how we sign people up because you're busy with your training and all of the other hats that you wear. When someone reaches out, what happens for them to actually become a, a member? Okay, so when um, I should probably mention at this point, uh, whilst I do all of these things at the gym, I'm actually a full-time firefighter in London as well. <laughs> so I have, I have when another. When do you sleep at all? <laughs> I have another big shiny yellow hat as well. Um, so so we don't sleep. It's is, okay is the because uh, the gym doesn't need loads of attention. So the hours that I'm in, I'm often PTing. I work out, and I've got kids as well. I, you know, I, I do work way too much. Um, but what I used to do when I was full-time, I was just there a lot. I was basically Monday to Friday. I'd be there at 5 in the morning. I'd be leaving there at half 7 in the evening. Um, when people came by, I just had forms. They filled it in. You know, you could pay cash or on a card or whatever. That was it. When I joined the fire service, um, I needed to automate it. So I worked a system that I now just have an online, on the website, there is a, a click bit. Uh -huh. I, I just, I, I'm not a total tech tard, um, but I, so I worked out a Google Pages link. So I kind of did like a whole application thing. You fill in, you get an automated email, tells you how to pay. When they've paid, I get a little notification. I send through the code for the door so people can get access. I've got an electronic code on the door that just changes. Um, and, and really simple, a little link to a YouTube video that's private. So once you've got the, you only get the link, you can't search for it. And it just tells you about how to get in and get out. Because like I said before, the gym is unmanned. So you get a code, the code changes monthly. And, and it's down to the individual person. If, if they arrive and no one's there, they are lights on, music on, do whatever they want to do. If they're the last person out any time, they've got to switch stuff off behind them. And uh, through, for 10 years, that's worked. So uh, but only more recently, in the last two years, I've had this online system. And again, because I hate paying for stuff. So I worked out how to do myself. I've embedded it into the website. 
Um, and so far it works really well. So I get pings on my phone that such and such has just paid and joined up and that's cool. And I'll just kind of reply to that email and go, look, code, I've got like a set email that I then ping back to them just with their name. Here's the link and just the code for the month is all I actually need to input. And that comes back within seconds. That's tremendously important for us to talk about here because with all of the hats that you wear and your time being pulled in a multitude of directions, mm. the last thing that you want to do is, is sit down with someone, go over all of the membership prices and then have them not even really that interested or bought in, in joining. And we just burn half an hour or an hour, yeah. not making money. Yeah. Right? We need to be, with just you manning all of these guns, we need to be really strategic with any time mm. going out. And so I think whatever time spent in setup of that is paying dividends now ongoing mm. yeah. to buy you back time and provide an income here. I think it's what and, people expect as well. People expect to be able to do stuff instantly. And then yeah. you know, I want to be able to just join up on my phone and I'd, some people kind of go, oh, I'll come in and see you. I said, that's cool. I'm not, you don't have to come in. You know, if, you, if you've been and had a look, you don't have to meet me to do anything. You can just do it all there. It's all, it's all sorted. And most people are kind of quite surprised. You know, you maybe expect that with a big change in these boutiques. Um, yeah, so actually, that, I was quite proud of myself for getting that sorted. Um, because yeah. I'm not bad on computers, but I'm certainly no tech geek at all. I, you know, kind of, I can get well, by. Yeah, and you bring up the point of the person actually signing up in 2022 most people are are fairly tech savvy and prefer to sign mm. up in that way than coming in and filling out paperwork or forms mm. it's almost a necessity at this point but yeah i think it's actually adds credibility to the business <laughs> that's what i was going to suggest is it looks more for professional if, if your website looks looks uh ropey uh, or, or, you know, you kind of are oh, like, we only take cash and you've got to do this, which a lot of businesses are a bit like that. You kind of think, oh, they seem a bit, a bit dodge, a bit, a bit you know, uh, would, would you trust them? So I think it adds, oh, yeah, it's all online, it's done, it's just email, I use a bit of PayPal if you want, if that works for you, direct transfers, it's all good. Everything's standing orders, nothing's dodgy, everything's taxed, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I think that works for me. What it does do, though, what I miss, and I know that because I'm not there as much anymore, it is those face-to-face um, -face point sales. So I'm a good salesperson. I know that because I've been doing this for a really long time and I could sell you PT, no problems, um, because that's one-on-one -on -one conversations. So when mm -hmm. I now rely on people to have to do stuff off their own back, you know, if someone comes in, I could probably get you signing paperwork quite quickly. If someone phones me up and asks for stuff, uh, information i can give you all the information i say just go onto the website gotta sign up now the second that phone is down i know that you, you're right on a brink of someone goes should i bother shouldn't i because there, there's yeah, no it relies on no, them doing the work that's it there's no sales pressure at all and it also what I've, it, because where i used to set up people's bank accounts and stuff in person there is an onus upon them to set up their own bank account payments because there are instructions on how to do it and I, I reckon maybe 30, 40% of new signups mess up the first month's payment, which does mean I have to go back and chase them up when it hasn't come in. And usually it's just because, oh, I sort of forgot or I didn't know how, and then I have to talk them through it on the telephone. 
but uh, it's just it is just the way where I used to have forms that people filled in and I just you know took them to the bank and their bank would do it you know even in the few years I've been running tech has changed no one's interested in paper uh, GDPR, industry. Do, do you have GDPR in the states I don't think I know what that means no GDPR is is um it's, it's something like general data protection records or something but basically it means that this law popped up about keeping people's data and the massive amount of security that you now have to do if you've got people's data and it can't be stolen all that kind of stuff so if you had personal records of people written on paper it had to be like three times locked away um yeah couldn't be stolen or anything like that or you could be fined fortunes so using Google Docs is actually it's all GDPR compliant as well. So it means everything on there is is so it's encrypted. All. It's all hidden away. So that's super cool for me. It means I'm protected as a small business from even being sued by the government. And far less steps to actually yeah. keeping all yeah. of that safe. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and I don't have to keep paying for paper <laughs> or storage. <laughs> For storing, yeah. And so as you look forward with all of this, I mean, we've kind of explored the the crux of what's going on and, and various challenges along the way. But what do you see as as the future of this? Are we continuing on the trend? Are we making any big changes? What's what's your goal for this thing in the, into the future? Do you know what? I don't know. I really don't know. I've changed career a few times over these. I'm I'm in my forties now. And um and I definitely change directions because I, I know I've just done stuff and then I get bored of it. And I go, yep, done that now. I'm gonna do something else. Like hence joining the fire service. And kind of I did this enough, so I've completed that. And I'm gonna go and I need a new challenge and move on. Um the gym is good and it's solid, and I could stay doing it forever. Or not. And I, I, I honestly don't know. Um I'm that much of a control freak. I don't know how well I would do with having someone run it for me in my absence. I think if someone was running it, it's a big, I'd, it's a big step for a lot of people. It yeah, sounds I'd better than it is away. in real practice. Yeah. Because I would be constantly micromanaging. I know what I'm like. I'm awful. I'd be kind of, I'd, I'd walk in one day and go, "Why is that like that? Why haven't you know? How have you? Where are all the? Why are there not enough loo rolls? You know, to be something." And it'd be like, so. I don't know is the, is the short answer. What I do realise right now, and like we've already pointed out, I've got way too many hats on. And as I'm getting older and my children are getting older, I probably will want more time. So I'm going to have to start doing something. And what that is, I don't know. Um, I haven't got aspirations of having more gyms. I know that. That's not a thing that I want to do. Um, where I probably could do and make more money, I would just never be at home. Um, yeah. Whether I don't it think you need more responsibilities up. at this point. <laughs> well, look, I'm on. I'm on the. I'm on um, version three of this gym already. So this has evolved. This is, I'm in my third building. So when I started, it was hugely humble, a very very small, like a uh, little kind of like garage auto kind of shop thing. Uh, and it was really basic. And then I kind of went to another place and just kind of, um, because it was so goddamn cold, I lost one year in there and there's frost on the inside of the roof uh, and I couldn't abide. So I found a bigger place and then I found this bigger place. Um, it's, so who knows what who this is going to look yeah. like? <laughs> Where I am based in, in, in Surrey, and Surrey is a hugely expensive 
um, kind of outer borough of London. So if you can picture a big London map, we're kind of like mm. the southwest corner of it. And it's a hugely expensive place to live. I mean, you could probably equate it, if you think New York, and you'd go like the Hamptons. Okay, so you go, if you've got a house in the Hamptons, you know, that's a, an outer borough of New York, right? Correct. That's what, a bit what Surrey's like. And it means that commercial properties are so flipping expensive. Um, you know, having anything, I mean, you'd, you'd be, you'd probably be gobsmacked to see how small it was in comparison to what's possibly affordable in some states in America. And you go, hey, yeah, we've got like five, 6,000 square foot and this cost me like $25,000 a year or something. And I'd be like, whoa, this is huge. <laughs> it's like, I've got like 2,000 square foot and it costs three times that. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, if an opportunity came up for a bigger venue, I'd probably be interested. It's always a just, but not too much. Attractive. It's attractive, at least because I know that I'm always compromising on space. But whilst you can kind of sort of say, yeah, but bigger isn't always better. It's just I know I want a few more things, but I quite like the very intimate nature of the gym, and it's like, do you know what I always want? You 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 would appreciate this as as an American. I always want, I grew up watching Cheers, love Cheers, okay? Mm -hmm. And I went to the gym that was like Cheers. Yep, everybody knows turned me. Up And you always knew someone in there. And there was always some kind of banter with someone in there that you, you didn't turn up with, you know, but you know who they are. And you just chat. And, and actually, in the evenings, it is really like that. There's, there's just the same faces that come in and it's everyone's just chat, chat. And just, you know, a little bit insults and messing around. And it's, and it's fun. And that's what I always wanted. It's just having that real nice vibe. But then and people yeah. are still training as well and chucking some big weights around. There's, there's always a trade-off, right? Gym owners, for whatever reason, we love big, better, whatever the size of the facility. It's always attractive. But at a certain point, we do lose that, that intimate feel. So it's yeah. always a, a balancing yeah. act. That is a, a tremendous place to begin to wrap our conversation up. And, no and I wish we had more time because I feel like we're just skimming the surface on what it is that you do. But for the time being that we do have here, why don't you tell people where they could learn more about you or the business? What's the best website? What's the best social media um, to find out about this? The website has most of the details. It's just um, fatalsgym.alloneword.co.uk. Um, there are... I think the Insta is just something like uh, Fat Owls Gym. I can't remember what it is. And the Facebook as well. You'd find it. I mean, there's only one in the world as far as I know. Um, <laughs> it's quite a unique and, name. Yeah, it's it is. I mean, you say even, even why I'm called that. Uh, and then linked to that is is my title, which is, is it's uh, Ali WMBF Pro. Um, WMBF is, a, is quite a big American natural bodybuilding federation. Um, mm -hmm. So I still have that handle as well and both are ultimately integrated so you'd you'd find me if you were looking at me and maybe my more personal services at um at my insta site which is wmbf pro the ali stewart one but the gym sure. is just fouls gym so but you know you'd connect. see a crossover very very quickly connect with ali on one or more of those platforms ali this yeah, has been a, love a, a tremendous conversation I appreciate your willingness to share and, and give us a peek behind the curtain into what's really going on on the business side. I'm excited to see what the future holds because it sounds 
like to be determined really we don't quite know who, knows? who wants to know that so uh, who wants to know for now i i thank you for your time sir and, and i wish you nothing but the best no problems really love to speak to you joe thank you very much absolutely and to everyone who tuned in today thank you as well don't forget if you would like to be notified about future episodes hit like and subscribe if you're interested in joining us to talk about your club click the link in the description to fill it out our team will be in touch with you soon and as always until next time jim lord's out Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joseph. And joining me on the show is Michelle from Lucky 13 Fitness in Burlington, Massachusetts. Welcome to the show, Michelle. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me. I'm really glad to be here. Yeah, I'm very excited to have you on the podcast today to learn more about what you have going on at your facility. But before we dive into, you know, the business side of things, when you first opened your gym, what was the vision you had in mind for it? The vision I had for Lucky 13 Fitness was a place for people to have more space to talk about and discuss and work through struggles they had outside of a big box gym. I started my fitness career in a big box gym and I also have my license as a therapist. So people would kind of come to me, talk Mm -hmm. to me about life being a little awry and how that would affect their fitness. But I always sense a big, um, a big disconnect there. You know, there's tons of people around you. There's music blaring from a spin studio. There's people grunting at the squat rack and people were apprehensive to have that conversation there. And I really thought Mm -hmm. what, what a great thing it would be to have a small, more intimate space where I could take the time to really pay attention to each individual, not just in their programming and what they needed fitness-wise, but in the other aspects of support that they needed to really make their fitness goals and their life goals come true. And so that's the vision I had for Lucky 13. Okay. So it sounds like there was just mainly <clears throat> a desire there of wanting to have your own space to you know, service your own members in the way that you want to do it. I like that. So you know, with that being said, when someone asks you about, you know, your gym business, how do you describe it to them? You know, your services, who do you service? What does that look like? When I describe um, Lucky 13, I describe it as a fitness and a wellness business. Um, Our clients are what we call our fitness family Mm -hmm. and we are a boutique family owned studio. We keep things very small. We're a staff of three. Mm-hmm. Um, and we work to help people transform their lives. We are definitely not the rapid weight loss place that you might find down the street. We're not a boot camp. 
Um, we take a very close look at who a person is and kind of use a wraparound approach to help them make transformative change in small palatable steps so that when they finally reach their goal, they're able to stick with it and enjoy the benefits of that goal for, for years to come. Okay. Awesome. So with that, what kind of services do you offer to your current clientele, like group training, PT, what does that look like? So we offer one-on-one personal training, private personal training, which gives the client the exclusive use of our space um, with a, with a coach. Alternatively, people can do semi-private training, which has all the benefits of personal training. Everything is customized. Um, That is a limit of four people to one coach. And we feel like that's the threshold where we can still continue to give that that service, that one-on-one attention um, in a training studio. It makes it more affordable for folks. It's a little bit more... um, budget friendly. And then the other side of what we do is, is coaching. And, you know, people usually look at me and say, well, what's the coaching piece? And my response is you want to lose weight. You know what you're supposed to do, eat a little better, move a little bit more. Well, why doesn't it happen? Our coaching addresses all the variables that fall under that. Why doesn't it happen? The accountability, somebody's disbelief in themselves, the nutrition, um, you know, stress management, work-life balance. There are so many factors that come into play, even if somebody knows, okay, I need to move more and I need to eat better. Things are still not connecting for people. And that's where our coaching kind of comes into play. Okay. Awesome. So mainly three services there, one-on-one semi-private and coaching. So with those three services, you mentioned, you know, a maximum of four clients per trainer for the semi-private. How many members do you currently serve at your facility? So as I mentioned, our our facility is a boutique small space. Um, Mm -hmm. It's about an 1,100 square foot actual facility. Mm -hmm. Um, And we cap our membership purposely at 50 clients at a time. Um, That is simply because we are so connected to each client in an individual way that we don't want people to start to feel like they're a number or we don't, you know, we don't have our closest attention paid to everything that they must um, need, their desires, what, what we can help them along with. So we purposely cap our membership at 50 clients at any given time. Okay. So right now, what does that look like? Are you guys currently, you know, fully stacked up or a little bit less? We're, we're a little bit less. We're hovering around 43 to 44 members right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that's probably you know, give or take usually the case. There are times predictably in the fitness industry where folks are really excited to get on board with the program, um, you know, in January and in September. And then there are times predictably where folks feel like, oh, I might be too busy or other things are taking priority. So that kind of gives us an ebb and flow. We usually hover around 43 to 44, um, but there are times of the year where we max out at that 50. Okay. So in terms of the business side, how do you currently like handle the 50 members to, you know, cover, you know, expenses, trainers? What does that look like for you? In terms of membership uh, rates or? Yeah. yeah. So like at your facility with, you know, the three, you know, well, three individuals there, you know, as employees, you, your trainer and someone else, how do you only handle 50 members in terms of, you know, paying each person like a fair amount? Yep. So we kind of divide the, we kind of divide the workload to what each of the coaches does. So for myself, I do all of the coaching with all of our clients. So each member at least has a 30 minute coaching call with me every month. Mm -hmm. Um, They're welcome to do more. So I handle all of that piece. 
The okay. other two, Jen and Marcus, are the ones that handle actually doing and, and running all the training sessions. So um, then there are things like writing programming and doing check-ins. We do a lot of individualized text check-ins. So there are ways that we kind of split the duties where we're not all on the floor training all the time and, you know, kind of competing for lack of a better term over those, over those 50 clients, but we work synergistically to offer certain components of support to each of our clients. So that really gives each of us a, a real nice lane to stay in mm -hmm. so that we can all simultaneously support, support our membership base. Okay. Awesome. So in terms of that membership base right now, how have you gotten those people through your door and, you know, how do you turn them into, you know, paying members? Like what kind of marketing does that look like? Sure. Um, well, you know, it's, it's always funny in the business world, people laugh at me and I, I always say like, I'm a therapist, like I'm not a hardcore salesperson. Mm -hmm. um, and it took me a while to learn that sales can be a non sleazy thing to it do. Can be. Yes. Um, what I have found is most comfortable for us is relationship building. Um, mm -hmm. Very, very rarely do we get a cold call that somebody that didn't come to us either from an existing member or from a relationship that was already built. Um, you know, that being said, there are people that will say, Hey, I just moved to the neighborhood and I Googled gyms near me and your gym popped up and it, and it sounded very interesting, mm -hmm. but they often will follow that up with. And I, you know, my friend said, Oh, I know them. I, I know somebody that went there or there's another connection. So we really double down on building relationships. We sponsor a lot of local road races. We sponsor a lot of local um, events at the schools and in the chamber of commerce. One of us is always going to a chamber of commerce event to, you know, just show up and, and really see, to be honest with you, how we can serve people first, because, mm -hmm. Um, I really feel like that's a big marker of a good relationship. I don't show up saying, hey, here's my card. Do you want to train with me? We show up saying, hey, we've been around for 10 years in this community now. We know a lot of people. We work with a lot of people. How can we help you? And that usually opens the door to a really nice relationship that's based on giving versus what can I get? Um, and I've known people within the, within the network and the, in the town locally that I've known for 10 years and yep. maybe they just in the last year or so have said, Hey, I know somebody that would love to work with you. So um, there's a lot of putting a front load of the investment in of time, of energy, of money. Yeah. And then, you know, knowing that building those relationships really yields um, good things on the back end. Okay. So mainly, you know, going out in the community, doing those events and, you know, kind of like word of mouth really. So mm -hmm. in terms of the business side, how many people does that normally bring in for you, you know, every single week? So we are, um, I like to think of our business as a, what we, what the benchmark that we try to, you know, take in is a net two per month. So okay. we like to grow the business by two net clients per month. Now that means if we are at, <clears throat> you know, a certain number and we lose one, we actually have to gain three that month. Yep. And so for every client that we bring in, we sort of work back up that reverse funnel. If you, if you take the term, the client that comes, you know, that joins with us, we might end up doing three sales calls and to get three sales calls or success sessions is what we call them. We might need to set seven appointments and to set seven appointments, we might need to have 21 leads depending on where they're coming from. So yep. um, the goal is to have enough poles in the water to be able to net those two clients every month so that we're not staying stagnant, but that we're also not losing as well. Okay. So the main goal here is to get net two people in the month, well, in the door every single month. So yeah. in terms of that, like, how does that, 
you know, kind of like affect like projections because obviously like word of mouth, it's not like, you don't know how many people are going to come in. So how do you like project that you're going to get that many people in your door every month? Say that again. Yeah. So in terms like the word of mouth, it's very unpredictable sometimes. So in terms of the net to every single month, how do you guys like project that? How do you guys track that? Um, so we, in terms of like, you're right there, you can't really say, okay, we're going to get two referrals this month, or we know mm -hmm. there's going to be two word of mouth, um, you know, clients that are coming in. Mm -hmm. We also do have other polls in the water. So we do things like, um, Facebook advertisements, we'll run campaigns there. We'll do some paid advertising that way. We do paid advertising through um, the Chamber of Commerce. We run hot deals to our co you know, co-members and, and the folks that are also in involved there. Mm -hmm. um, it's a matter of getting for us enough polls in the water that, you know, it's been a decade. So we, we try and see, we have a formula of, okay, how many referrals do we think we can get? And our, and our referral campaign is an, yeah. is an active campaign. So okay. we're always actively saying to our members, Hey, bring, you know, next week, bring a friend in for a, for a free session. Do you know anybody that would like to sign up? We're, we're giving away gift cards. We're giving away, you know, incentives for our current members to bring people in that they know. So yeah. we've, we've done that for a long time enough to know how many that can on average yield us. We've done the hot deals to other Chamber of Commerce members long enough to know that on average, how many that yields us. And so we get these rough numbers. Sometimes you're off. I mean, look, we're, we're probably heading into a recession in 2023. And that 100%. I think yeah. presents it's a little some scary questions, too moving forward. Yeah. Presents some questions for folks and nobody could have predicted what happened in 2020 with COVID. So projections we can make based on our 10 years, our decade of history of, you know, what's worked really well, what hasn't worked really well, what's been a complete bomb for us. Mm -hmm. um, but that being said, we can't always rely on the projections, you know, 100%. So there's always a, a level of question as to what's the projected versus what's the actual. Mm -hmm. um, but I think we've done a really good job of whittling it down to our top five methods that we feel are, are most successful and and not trying the next best thing that just comes yeah. you know kind of having that shiny sticking object to what works. Yeah. yeah sticking to what works where we can guesstimate pretty solidly mm -hmm. what we're going to get as a return on our investment and then there's a there's a margin for error there as well awesome yeah so you know i heard you mention that you you know kind of like dabbled into facebook advertising there with instagram as well so what does your social media look like? Do you, you know, only do Facebook advertising or do you post organic content? What does that look like for those singers? Um, yeah. So from my, that's another thing that I mostly take care of um, sort of facilitating yeah. um, all three of us create the content. And mm -hmm. then I have basically a spreadsheet to, to put it across all channels. So I'm very much a, a person of how do I maximize one piece of content and repurposing it is yeah, what I found to idea. be really, really successful. So for example, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, one of our coaches, Marcus will do a how to video, you know, how to do a dumbbell bench press, what have you. Mm -hmm. And that will go out across Instagram, Facebook, you know, both our business page, but as well as our personal pages, it'll get uploaded to our YouTube channel. It'll get put on our website. It will get put on the local chamber of commerce. It will get put on LinkedIn. So it, we're maximizing that, um, that post. Now we're not boosting any of those posts or making that a paid advertisement. We're really a lot about organic content, 
but with some attention paid to, you know, search engine optimization. So if somebody searches, you know, personal trainer Burlington or gym in Burlington, simply by gym near me, yeah, yeah exactly. the amount of organic content that we have appropriately tagged for SEO really does push us to the top. And we're putting out something every single day. So um, that's been our, that's really been our push about how do we get content out there is an, is an organic push. Um, we do things like if anybody follows us on, on Instagram, there's an immediate message that goes out. Thank you for following us. We follow back. We send a link to my book that I wrote where people can opt in for that book. So that's kind of like a soft list building. Um, where we do the paid advertising is for our list building. We're never trying to sell personal training directly or coaching directly mm -hmm. to people where they can just click and buy. I actually do all of the sales calls. Nobody gets to be a lucky 13 member without me having a conversation with them and me that really liking them first. So yeah. it's, it's generally to get cold audiences to warm up a little bit via giving them a protein guide or, you know, electronic copy of my book or. So kind of like you know, opt-in like item. Yes. Kind of? Opt-in based um, free ebook, what have you, but really for list building purposes so that we can build the relationship via email and via a more intimate way over time. And then when they're ready to pull the trigger and say, Hey, we'd like to work with you. It's a warmer relationship versus, you know, somebody sees an ad on Facebook and just hits, I want to buy this right now. <clears throat> okay, cool. So, I kind of want to transition into more of like the sales process here. So when someone sees you on socials or they, you know, come across your facility, what does the process look like in the entirety to, you know, from cold lead to new member? What does that process sure. look like? Um, so it could, it could happen like in, in a couple of different ways, depending on which Avenue they are, they begin to be connected with us. But for example, if somebody did Google gyms near me and mm -hmm. came up with our, um, you know, our listing there quite close to the top. Um, they go to our website, they read a little bit about us. Hopefully they make a connection and they, they like what they see. We have a, um, a form, a short form that folks can fill out for a complimentary success session. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a one hour conversation with me with no obligation at no cost. Um, prior to COVID, this, all of these, every single one of them took place in person in our studio. It was an invitation to come into the building yep. and see us. Um, that has evolved for us. I'm not in our studio as much as I was pre-COVID. Um, so we have found that this is still very successful done remotely. So it's either done on the phone. Sometimes it's done on Zoom or FaceTime. So kind of like phone sales or like Zoom sales? Yes. Um, and basically, it's, it, it really is, is this a good fit for both of us? Because we have so few members and we really do work so personally with all of our members that if I can't see myself getting on the phone with you every week and really enjoying how I spend with you, I'm not going to make you a member at our studio and vice versa. It needs to be a good connection. Some people are looking for exactly what we offer, but some people are looking for a bootcamp instructor to say, Hey, do 20 more burpees. And yeah. you know, that's not us. So the phone call allows us to answer initial questions. I want to learn about this person. Who are they? What's their experience? What are their pain points? You know, why are they reaching out now? What do they, what do they want? What's their vision? Um, and then I describe the vehicle that we use to get them there. And if I can hear them smiling and nodding through the phone or over FaceTime, and I get the impression that it's a good fit, good then sense. I'll say, okay, yeah. this is, you know, based on what you've shared with me, this is how I think it's best to proceed forward. You know, either with a private membership, semi-private membership, we also have something called our 30 day test drive. 
dip your toe in the water without any further obligation. It's a full membership and it's at yeah. full price, but it gives a person who might have trepidation about committing for 90 days to do something for 30 days. And then it gives everybody involved a way to make sure that yes, this is definitely a good fit. So um, we do all of that either via Zoom or via phone. Paperwork is sent via email and then we get somebody scheduled for their first um, visit to the studio or if they're going to be training with us virtually, their mm-hmm. first Zoom assessment. Um, and that's always a one-on-one hour-long time to really kind of be introduced to the way we do things, the space, how the flow is, any questions mm-hmm. they ask, and of course, the assessment and the health history and things like that so that we need to know to kind of build a good training, um, you know, a good training platform. But um, for me, I would say the biggest thing is starting a conversation, allowing people to be heard and hear what they need, mm-hmm. um, and then being honest about how we plan on delivering that result and, and seeing if that fit is a good one for both sides. Yeah, so really being a genuine human, telling them up front, hey, this is what we're going to do. If you don't want it, then don't buy it. But if you want it, let's do it. Awesome. So, yeah. you know, in terms of, you know, retention, let's say you, you know, turn someone into a new member, how do you keep them long term over the next, you know, year to five years? A lot of touch points. A lot of touch points because what I've learned, and this you know may just be experience, but it also comes from my background in understanding human behavior and as a therapist. Mm-hmm. When somebody reaches out, they are the most motivated that they will be. And that yes. is not lost on us. They reach out, they're ready to pull out their credit card, they're ready to say yes. And sometimes you, know, you see the motivation go down. They do the first session, they get sore. They're like, well, shoot, this is not gonna Buyers be as easy remorse as I thought. Right there. Yes. <laughs> but if you remind them and you connect with them often enough to show that you're supporting them, they are much more likely to stay long-term. My goal when we pull in a new member is to learn about them, um, which is why I do coaching calls with them from immediately after they start. Once a month, 30 minutes at least. It's a phone call, it's a conversation to address their pain points, to hear what's, what's working for them. But when they sign up, they will get an email or a phone call or a text message from the coach that you know, was the coach in the session as well as from me within the first 24 hours. How was it? How are you feeling? You can't say to somebody enough, please don't hesitate to reach out. And then you have to reach out because sometimes exactly. they do hesitate. They're brand new. They're just getting They're a little scared, back. a little hesitant to <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. And you know, reminding them that guess what? You don't have to do everything within the first week. You don't need to overhaul your movement. You don't need to overhaul your nutrition. You don't need to overhaul your mindset. It's literally what I say to people is let's work on becoming 1% better every single day. And in one year from now, together, we'll celebrate the fact that you're 365% better than you were right now. So it's, it's kind of meeting them where they're at and having very, very frequent touch points to check in to let them know that we're not just thinking about them the two or three hours a week that they're on our Zoom screen or in our studio, that they're, they're a member of our community the yeah. 24 hours a day. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Well, last question here for you, Michelle, you know, paint me and the listeners a picture. What are your short-term and long-term goals with your gym business? So short-term being three to six months, long-term being five to 10 years. Sure. So in three to six months, you know, we are really hoping to um, imp- continually improve our virtual training offering. This is something that happened as a byproduct of COVID. Never did we think that this would be an option for us, but as they say, Necessity is the mother of invention. And so we have embraced this, as have our members. Um, but we realize it's not perfect. 
we just transitioned from FaceTime to Zoom and we will continue to evolve that, that program because it is new to us and we are really taking feedback from our members to understand how can we make it better for them? What would make it more convenient? What makes it easier to check that box? Okay, I trained with them today. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and exploring options of recording sessions and allowing folks to have that kind of in their library to repeat on their own if they wanted to repeat their own um, you know, workouts on their own. So those are some of, some of the options that we're exploring. Um, in addition to that, you know, really making our coaching piece more robust. Because again, as I just mentioned, it's the, what they call the other 165, not the three hours a week that you're in the gym, but the other 165 hours a week that have the most impact on whether or not somebody makes it a success, you know, whatever their goal is. And so we want to be more present, more available, more there to coach our members and our clients, not just when they're in there, you know, this is the technique on how to squat, deadlift, you know, press all of that, but around how to make the best decisions to support their goals. So we really are boosting our coaching offerings in terms of sending a text check-in every day, every week, sending emails, short videos, audio messages, just to have us kind of chiming into their lives and making sure that they're not just, you know, they come in Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 6 a.m., but they don't think about us otherwise. That is, we're trying to move as far away from that as possible, that they're really thinking about us and us them um, to help us, you know, kind of support them for their goals. So that is in the short term. Um, In the long term, you know, as I mentioned, my dream has never been to franchise, to make it a 250 member gym. This is, you know, I have two little kids, but this is my baby that came way before them. And I still, I can't, I never say never, but I can't see right now us going beyond the model that we have with the staff that we have. And my wife and I co-own the gym and Marcus is our third member. And Mm -hmm. I feel like we have the perfect trifecta of people. And I don't have the burning desire to go hire two and three more coaches so that we can expand our membership to 200, 250 people. Um, I've always wanted to have an active role in this and doing the coaching. So we're going to keep the model in terms of growing numbers where it's at and where I would like to grow is how do we reach more people? That is always the goal, you know, maybe not through membership in the studio or through our training services, but through the coaching, how to, how to reach more people, either through, you know, info products and, and doing lectures, whether they're delivered online or in person, um, holding workshops that could be, again, everything is both virtual and in person these days. So yeah. virtually and in person, um, but really reaching out to people to understand what are their pain points, where are their struggles, and then answering those questions and providing support in different modalities than just saying, hey, come in for a workout um, and reaching more people that way, I think is the is the vision that we have for the company. Awesome. Well, Michelle, I think that's a great place to start to wrap things up here in this episode. But before we sign off, where can the listeners find you on your social medias and your website? So our website is lucky13fitness.com. The 13 is the numerals one, three. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on social media, same thing. We are, the handle is lucky13fitness on Facebook. We have a YouTube channel um, as well as Instagram and Twitter. And then they can always reach me directly. I, I respond to every email. So it's Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E at lucky13fitness.com. And we'd be happy to have people reach out in whatever modality they feel is best. It'd be great to connect with folks. Awesome. Well, Michelle, it's cool. Thank you for hopping on the podcast today and sharing your story. And to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. And don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your gym, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon.
And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.